When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Destiny Show Podcast, part of the Robots Radio Network, live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Robots Radio presents... Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and I want to welcome you to episode 22, where we welcome the amazing Houndish onto the show. We'll learn much more about Houndish. We're going to talk about the future of Destiny 2. We'll discuss the latest news from Bungie, Season of Opulence, the new Truth Rocket Launcher questline, Iron Banner, and much more. And first up, I want to welcome my co-host, Shadow Price. How is your week going? It's going pretty awesome. I mean, this is uh, E3 week. I've been kind of tuning into the different E3 segments, the different press conferences and directs and all that, and all the Destiny information that we've gotten, all the information with Shadowkeep and everything that we're getting in the fall expansion and cross-save and um, just also playing Destiny 2 like grinding away at the things in opulence there's so much stuff like and it's just it's awesome it's all great bungie has unleashed the floodgate they've unleashed the flood boy again it's amazing and we're going to talk all about that on this episode and man houndish welcome to the show how's it going thank you for having me guys Thank, Thank you. you Thank here. you for being on with us. It is an absolute pleasure and an absolute honor to have you on. We have been fans for a really long time. We've watched your videos for many years now, and you are our go-to source for Destiny content on YouTube. So thank you so much for being on with us. Wow. And <laughs> I know it's pretty late where you're at as well, so that's another reason why we really appreciate you being on because it's like one o'clock in the morning where you're at. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a pleasure to be here. I mean, it's, it's twab night, I guess here in the UK. So the, the timing is pretty good. Actually. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Cause I mean, is Bungie that good to you guys with time? Um, 
I don't know, really. I mean, we get, like, the late, the later reset now. That's, like, 6 p.m. here. I guess, like, the updates, a lot of them, like, well, this week at Bungie, that's maybe, like, 11 p.m., maybe midnight or something. But it's it's not too bad. I mean, we've, we've had our fair share of, uh, of decent. I remember when reset was, like, 10 a.m. in the morning, like, here in the U.K., which was perfect for me just playing Destiny all day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, of course, it wasn't so good if you're in the U.S., right? So. I guess the tables have turned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's tricky when you have to time things to accommodate so many people in so many different time zones. So I, I can imagine it, it would be a challenge for Bungie. Oh, yeah. I think uh, there were uh, some people who were a little upset about the raid uh, start time. It was like, what, 7 p.m. or something 7 p.m. Like here and like right. midnight over there for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, so... Starting a raid now. Did you actually go for the day one raid completion? Not this time, man. No. Um. I mean, with it being like so close to like DLC launch, and with the raid kind of launching late, I just figured um this time I'd really focus in on you know menagerie and the other stuff that was coming out. Um, and I have yet to actually go into the raid. It's been it's been quite a busy couple of weeks, so I'm I'm trying to stay spoiler free where possible. I think I've done pretty well, really, for someone who spends a lot of time scouring destiny stuff online i think i've maybe had like a sneak peek at the final boss but but yeah i want to kind of go in yeah. sort of blind i mean i'll 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 essentially have my clan kind of sherpa me through by the time i get in there i think <laughs> but yeah so we're going to try to make this episode as spoiler free as possible for you because we did actually play through the raid and i know i did actually get the week one completion i didn't get the day one completion but hey you can't win them all right so and yeah it's it's exciting because it's the first raid jacket that i have the opportunity to purchase so it's one of those special moments that almost commemorates all the grind that we put in weeks prior to get ready for season of opulence so it's pretty exciting to see all these changes coming to destiny and everything kind of converging all at the same time between season of opulence and all the new stuff that's going to be coming out in the fall oh, yeah. and cross save and google stadia and i mean there's so much yeah definitely it's been kind of like a sudden like a wake up right i mean i think a lot of people felt that kind of slow down towards the tail end of season of the drifter and obviously Bungie were a little bit quieter, um, but now it's it's obvious as to why, right? Um, they were kind yeah, of getting ready. the wheels in the motion. That's it, yeah, definitely. Now we know. So, Houndish, <laughs> today we're going to put you on the hot seat, and we're going to have you on with our discussion with the Guardians. Sounds like fun, man. Go easy on me. <laughs> we will try our best. <laughs> Now, for anyone who does not know Houndish, first off, what are you doing? Second off, we should note that Houndish is one of the most dedicated, most respected YouTubers in the Destiny community with over 1,900 videos created. So clearly he knows what he's doing. And he has built a community of nearly 500,000 strong and he creates amazing videos informing Guardians on the latest news in Destiny, and some even consider him a machine, but we're going to talk about that in just a little bit as one of our questions on the show. So, Houndish, 
first, we want to ask, how did you get started playing Destiny? And how did on earth did you decide I'm going to start a YouTube channel? Well, uh, firstly, thank you for that very kind intro. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, really, it was just messing around, I guess. Like, I started my YouTube channel before Destiny came out. Um, but it kind of went from uh, just playing a lot of video games. As I do kind of have like a background in music and some production stuff. So like the video side of that and production in general was always kind of interesting. So I just figured, hey, why don't we like try and record some stuff and mess around with it? And um, obviously that progressed over time. So it was just, you know, making montages for fun, really. And then I tried commentary here and there and eventually started kind of making proper youtube content maybe as you might call it but um yeah and then i guess destiny really was like the catalyst for me you know turning that into um the kind of content format i have now and obviously growing the channel um from where it was very cool and yeah it's it's great because destiny is, is a game that has brought so many people together and it's it's amazing that We've been playing the game for nearly five years now, and it's it's so interesting to see how the game has evolved over the years and where it is today and going into the future with this fall and beyond. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The things I like about your videos is they're so very well structured. Uh, they're so have so much information, very well edited and everything like, you know, and I've, I'm grown accustomed to that. So it's like every time I'm on YouTube and I see your video, boom, I'm popping on it. I'm, I'm yeah. watching it because, you know, they, like Korn said, you're our like first source of the Destiny news and everything. So. Yeah, and you're extremely professional with what you do. And your content is always concise and to the point. And I'm not having to sit through... 45 minutes of content in order to get through what I need to learn. So you're very well-structured, very professional. And in many ways, if you think about it, um, with me as a content creator, I've wanted to create something more professional because of watching individuals like you who were doing stuff like the videos that you're putting out on such a consistent basis. Well, thanks, man. I guess it's um it's it's one of those things you know like it's I don't know I do a lot of stuff kind of by feel right so it's really it's just for me I think it's just sort of like practice and that routine of creating content in this kind of style right um that sort of makes it like comfortable to some degree but yeah yeah now now you mentioned you come from a musical background correct uh, yeah yeah, man. Originally, I played like guitar and drums like many, many years ago. I started playing, um, and yeah, I, I studied music and then kind of like focused in more on the production side of things um, a little bit later on. And then it was when I kind of took a little bit of time away from that, and I found that I was like, I spent a lot of time playing video games, right? So it was like, how can we kind of merge a little bit of both of those things together, right? And I think. I think the music and the production stuff has definitely, or definitely helped me, you know, a lot more than you might first kind of think, right? To get into the, the YouTube side of things as well. 
No, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, music <clears throat> is essentially it's a pretty big form of, of of content that we learn from, and if you are able to edit audio, that's one step closer to putting out videos. And if you know how something can sound better. And for me, it's been a challenge since we started the podcast because I've always loved music, but I've never really edited a podcast before. So for me, it was always like learning how to better tweak things and make things sound better so that we come off, you know, we're as professional as we can be with our content. So I can very much relate to that. Now, do you have a favorite type of music that you um, listen to or you like to play? Um, well, I, yeah, like uh, initially uh, it was definitely like a rock music background, right? So it was a lot of um, classic rock and metal music of sort of any nature. Um, but yeah, then over time, like as I studied music and I got into more like music production, um, yeah, that kind of like expanded a lot. So I like quite a lot of music now, like jazz, funk, R&B, hip-hop, right? Still a lot of rock and prog rock and stuff like that as well. So um, those would be kind of, I guess, my main, the main things I tend to listen to. Same, yeah. Like, the things that connected me to Destiny in the beginning, not, you know, just corn, you know, tell me about the game and everything. The music. The oh, music yeah. in Destiny. You know, that score by Marty, Marty O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore and Sky Lewin uh, just was so awesome. And that like pulled me into the world. So. Yeah, I think the music in Destiny is so amazing. And it's my favorite music in any video game. And I can just, whatever I'm doing, I could be working on a client project and I just turn on Destiny music and it's so feel good and it's so awesome. The the, the production quality of, of everything and right. the feeling you get and I, I don't think any other music brought me that kind of feeling than destiny and, and i i love the music they create to this oh, yeah, day absolutely i i remember the orbit music from all the way back in like oh the God. original so uh, beta for, version of it yeah like you leave like a crucible match and your ship's just flying there i literally remember being afk like i, I can visualize it in my head right now <clears throat> sorry like yeah. the first you know those first like few hours or a few days playing destiny um yeah and that's such like a, a huge component of it and i think kind of like the pedigree uh, you... of of like the music as well the way it's it's written and produced is it's you know it's pretty it's pretty up there as video games go and it kind of yeah that that mythic yeah. sound that it that it has always had is um yeah you, you can see where they've drawn inspiration from too i can hear like on that first uh, orbit music you could hear some final fantasy yeah tones in there a little bit absolutely um, so that's what immediately drew me in i used to fold clothes and stuff and do housework right. to the orbit music <laughs> yeah that's so do you do you guys remember when Rise of Iron first came out and they reintroduced all of the original Destiny music into the rotation and you first heard that vanilla Destiny Yeah, during song? Age of Triumph. Yeah, oh, yeah. I remember that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was awesome. Man. And now like, it's back in the game. Like, you turn on Destiny 1 and it's there. Like, yeah. You hear it all the time. And it has the original Destiny intro screen. Right. And 
so that's that's awesome it's come like full circle it's pretty pretty amazing absolutely so houndish we have a question from our community member and the name is chaotic z x and chaotic wants to know why a hound like i want to know the origin story of the legendary name <laughs> um i don't know if the 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 story itself could be too legendary it's really pretty random um i was in a clan called red dead dogs and this was like a rockstar games clan like many years ago um and honestly i just kind of said it one day like houndish it turns out it is actually a word right like <laughs> dog-like characteristics or something like that um, <laughs> it's it's not something i'm especially proud of in itself um but yeah it was just it was just i just said it dude it it just stuck yeah it oh looked, the name that's kind of cool is, in a game attack with x's bookmarked on either side right because that's that's always the coolest thing you could possibly do um no it's a brilliant <laughs> name like it, it definitely fits you fits you you know it's like you've kind of like come into your own in that. <laughs> right <laughs> oh man but yeah very very much a random thing i think it tends to be right like names uh, with like youtube channels it's it's more or less the same as like your gamer tag right it's always somewhat random and bizarre because you don't have to you don't have to do anything too formal do you i, I suppose but yeah <laughs> yeah well and and now you can say that you got your name for the puppies right? for the puppies indeed man it, it, it would work was, right yeah. it's for the puppies yeah, definitely. <laughs> i was really glad when i first heard that well just gonna say <laughs> ripcade right <laughs> indeed so we have another question from another one of our listeners his name is uh draconis and i'm sorry if i butcher your name and thank you so much for your question and he wants to know how are you how are you doing how are you feeling how's life going for you oh man that's a super nice question um that thanks, is. dude uh i'm good very tired like I- i'm pretty tired after the last week or so i mean we've had a lot of stuff going on right so uh yeah i, I feel kind of drained but it's yeah, it's been enjoyable it's nice to see everything kind of pick up again so uh yeah i'm enjoying the the grind enjoying games work is good having a little bit of fun outside of work where i can at the minute so i i cannot complain man at all <laughs> so when you're feeling drained what what do you like take to like pep you up like what helps you like like do you take a caffeine something caffeinated or something oh man something to- i yeah i drink way too much coffee i'll tell you that now and I, that's yeah, like I, I think that's like a thing that people tend to say right um but i actually do think i probably drink too much coffee <laughs> that's that's my crutch i would say I, you know what, dude? I'm the same exact right? way. I'm totally the same way. I need it in the morning. I, I, oh, you yeah. know, I made one right before the podcast. I planted up a nice frozen coffee Ooh. and everything. But oh yeah, man. I'm ra- I'm where I'm raring to go. Like it, that definitely like put me where I needed to be. That's so, it, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like a tradition for me to drink a cup of coffee right 
before we start podcasting right. and it's just been the thing I do every every morning and throughout the day as well. Yeah, that's it. It fuels it fuels you, gives you energy. I don't really like energy drinks because I feel like they give you the jitters yeah. and I don't really like that. Yeah, man. But coffee it's that perfect pleasant blend of awesome. Right. Now I see those now drinks that you have on your that you advertise. Oh yeah. On your YouTube. Can we get them here in the States? Yeah, dude. Yeah, they ship over to the US. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. I might ha- have to check those out. Yeah, I think they're pretty neat. Pretty good. And it's not like energy drinks, right? It's not caffeine and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm always looking to try something new. Yeah, absolutely, man. Very cool. Very cool. And we have another question from our good friends, Jarv and Nem. And they want to know, are you a machine? How do you put out your content so fast? Oh, man. Um, that's a difficult question to answer, kind of. I mean, um, really, I guess it's practice. I guess that's the main thing that it kind of comes down to. Uh, like, in the end, I've made... Um, I've spent a lot of time making videos, right? So I kind of have like certain systems and ways of making certain types of content. Um, and I, I guess that really is, is what it boils down to, right? Um, it's one of those things because there isn't really like a guidebook or I haven't even written like myself like a rule set. It's just, you know, it's just, the, yeah, those kind of systems off the top of my head and ways of just kind of breaking stuff down. I suppose that's the best way I can really explain it. Yeah. It almost becomes a habit. Once you get accustomed to doing something a specific way, you develop a structure with how you do it. You have a system that you're following and it, it becomes almost second nature. Eventually once you've done it so, so many times, and once you have all the, I guess the overlays may be created. I would imagine that you're you're using overlays. I'm not sure. Yeah, man, a bunch of different like assets and things like that. Obviously, there are like varying complexities to the content. Some things you'll spend most of your time researching or writing them, right? Like other things, you'll probably spend more time recording them or like getting that stuff together. Or other times it'll be just a sheer like editing process because of the way that you want to make something look right so it's it does definitely depend on what you're doing um yeah and with bungie being so forthcoming with the news lately it's just you know it's like oh you got news it's right we're ready to go got to make this video yeah that's uh, (laughs) i mean have they given you a break my goodness um no not really not in the past couple of weeks man the content is there for for the plucking, I suppose. Um, <laughs> if that's if that's the right way to say it, um, I feel <laughs> I like, like a it. really weird way to say it. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, but I'm having fun, man, definitely. And I kind of took a little bit of advantage, you know, like when things cooled down at the end of season of the Drifter, that had been like you know ever since Forsaken, pretty much up until a couple of months ago, it was just madness, right, like nonstop. So. Um, after cooling off a little bit, it's quite nice. Yeah, it's quite nice to see things kind of light up again. And everyone's talking about Destiny and there's all this you know, new content right now. And they're talking about what they'll do in 
you know, three, four months time. So it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty lit, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm having fun with it. It's, it's a pretty exciting time and it's amazing how it all hit us like right yeah. away. I mean, season of opulence, big announcements, the new raid is out, new stuff with the menagerie, the truth mission. Now we're going to have a new quest line with Iron Banner. I mean, it's it's a lot, man. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, totally. And I'm not even creating all this content. <laughs> we're just doing this once right. a week. Yeah, man. There's so much stuff that they're kind of like working on and talking about. I think, uh, I think it's definitely a really positive time for the game, right? And uh, it's a lot of stuff that people wanted to see, you know? Um, a it's lot like a things. rejuvenation in a way. Yeah. Yeah, this is it. Totally, man be interesting to see how they uh, how they handle everything going forward i think they got the yeah i think laying the right path by the looks of things right yeah we're really starting to see a new bungee i think this is a new era for destiny and it's it's so exciting to see where they take their own destiny right yeah it's it's now bungee in charge of everything from publishing to developing the game and they can make decisions that are beneficial to them as developers and to us as gamers and that's really exciting to see yeah absolutely so houndish what do you do when you're not playing destiny or creating content Ooh, well um there is there's not a massive massive amount of time where i'm not doing either of those two things you mentioned mentioned <laughs> but um yeah, I listen to a lot of music. Um, I don't want to say I'm not a huge hobbies guy. I just like heard that phrase and then just thought that's a really strange sounding thing. But um, yeah, I just I like to chill, man. Pretty much. Um, I do have a car which I spend a little bit of time on um, outside of work. I like to drive and relax and yeah. But that's pretty much that's me. Cool. And then and then I like to just get back in and get on the grind. You know? Play Destiny, hang out with friends, and make videos if that's a thing as well, right? That's that's pretty much me. Do you ever get to together with buds like outside, like sometimes too? Like oh yeah, um, yeah, man. You're not playing Destiny. Yeah, absolutely. Like, go for like a drink at a pub or something like that. Yeah, man. I try and do stuff like that on the weekends. Uh, it's nice on the weekend because that's that's the one time that I can kind of definitively say right. Bungie aren't gonna like pop up or something isn't that likely to happen in Destiny that like we're not expecting, right? So it's like Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The weekend is, is a well, good time where I can kinda say, We're almost certainly not gonna suddenly have to do something right. So I can kinda plan for it and then yeah, get out and about and chill. Yeah, it's usually light tweeting on the weekend from Bungie because yeah. you know, not a lot of people at the studio, I'm sure. Yeah, that's it, man. Absolutely. How much do you have any pet peeves? Pet peeves. Ooh. People, people who know me would probably start listing things, but <laughs> this is kind of a tough one. Um, I don't know. The most, uh, I'm kind of impatient. I think, which that might sound like a strange pet peeve. Um. But like, if I really want to do something, it's a bit of a weird flaw. But you know, if it's if like I really want to work on something, or really want to relax, or do the raid, or whatever, like I'm very impatient, and that's probably one of my biggest 
pet peeves like with myself right if that if that's not a, a very strange one to choose <laughs> no i don't think it is actually you know especially like in destiny when you know you don't want to sit in orbit for like a half hour right you know if you want to do a raid you want to get in like get that team together and get in within like five minutes so yeah yeah absolutely so it's kind of like it ends up feeling like uh a pet peeve that I have, like, you know, towards other people. But actually, I think it just stems from the fact that I'm really impatient. And I kind of know it. <laughs> so it's like, it's almost, yeah, the pet peeve in itself. Now, do you think that this maybe has to do with the fact that you only have so many hours in a day and you're just, you're a machine, you're creating so much content <laughs> that you maybe don't have as much time to right? play? So you're going to develop, you know, that? Yeah level of impatience maybe? to an extent yeah that's definitely a thing right like if you're always go if you always want something to be happening then yeah you're definitely gonna create that that emotion for yourself to to some degree right it's kind of like um yeah recognizing it i think is definitely pretty important for sure also too while the idea is fresh while you're making the video you want to like oh you have exactly how you want to word it and everything you want to get it out there like as soon as possible so yeah you can get it done in the most you know fresh concise way as possible absolutely yeah and sometimes you, you just have the energy for it as well right like you're just in the right yeah. the right mood to make a particular thing happen yeah that makes sense yeah now how does who inspired you to create content on youtube who inspired me to create content on youtube that's a that's a very interesting um question man um, yeah and why not twitch why why youtube over twitch um i guess youtube is just kind of where i landed um to be honest i do enjoy streaming and playing live um and you know i've i've spent a little bit of time doing that here and there but I, like on the most part i suppose youtube has just always been the thing that you know it just it just kind of worked for me i like I like being able to create something and then put it out, right? So you can kind of like polish something up or spend time on it if you want to. Um, and then it kind of be there. Uh, I guess I like that element of it to an extent as well. Um, but yeah, otherwise it's just, it's one of those, man. Like there's, there are certain things, you know, between like creating YouTube content or streaming that are really similar, right? Like almost the exact same thing, like in some respects. But then there are things that set them apart, like an awful lot as well, aren't there? Um, well, probably to your community. Like, yeah. you have such a huge community on YouTube and everything. Not saying that they won't follow you to Twitch, because right. I'm sure they will and everything too. So, but. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a balance between, like, obviously, this is my job now, right? And um, YouTube is working and from that perspective. Um, but yeah, like the content flow um and that type of production um in video and stuff i think is is just what i enjoy the most personally as well so it's like yeah a bit of both really and it would totally make sense that you know as a content creator you don't want to spread yourself too thin and having to yeah put your time into more platforms it could be challenging too because even like for us to even think about going live on Twitch, it's like kind of a scary thought yeah. because there's so many things you have to consider when you're 
adding a platform that is kind of new. There's so many foreign things that you have to deal with. Yeah, this is it, man. So there are like sense. certain intricacies, aren't there, to each platform, and it's it's definitely a lot to try and juggle both. Yeah. And it's it's interesting also because I think that uh, the type of content you would create on Twitch is kind of different than what you would primarily do on YouTube. Right. Because on YouTube, I would expect maybe like a 10-minute video, whereas on Twitch, I'm expecting to hang out for maybe an hour or two, three, watching somebody play and engaging in that live interaction. Right. So it's a very different form of medium if you really think about that yeah absolutely it's a, it is much more interactive kind of free-flowing as opposed to it, a presentation of something right um, i mean you can they do, do have live streaming yeah it was you do they do have live streaming on youtube though as well because yeah. i watch a couple people live stream and everything okay they so they they're starting to do that too oh yeah i think it's called like youtube gaming, YouTube gaming. if i'm not yeah. mistaken yeah man so, Houndish, what are some challenges that you face today as a content creator? And how would you say they're similar or different to the challenges that you faced when you were first starting out? Um, I guess, like, staying fresh is kind of a big challenge and um, maintaining the kind of momentum, you know. Uh, I think it can be pretty tiring and understanding sort of, the, this is what we were talking about a moment ago, I suppose, like understanding the side of content creation that is kind of crunchy, right? Um, and knowing when it's going to get a little bit crazy and trying to ease off or get some space at the right time. That's definitely like kind of a big challenge. And I think for a lot of people, there probably is like a, a specific point, right? Or a specific like curve, um, you know, where maybe you have like a big peak. Um, and it's kind of what I was, I was saying before, where, where I definitely took advantage, you know, a few weeks back when things were a little bit quieter. And I think a lot of Destiny creators did as well. Um, after that sort of like really long stretch from, you know, the start of D2 or the middle of last year, especially right all the way up to, you know, the middle of the annual pass. Um, yeah, it's definitely a grind. So I think that's, that's like one of the elements where it's like, you have to you have to figure out a balance so that you can keep yourself kind of productive um and able to put content out but also enjoy what you're doing right um yeah so i think that's that's a big challenge especially in like a, an ecosystem like youtube and with an audience like destiny players right like we want content all the time so it's yeah it's a, it's a juggle to get that right i think Definitely. And we have another question from a uh, listener of ours on Twitter. He goes by the name of Gmaster147. Thank you very much for your question. And he wants to know if you had a magic wand and you could change three things in Destiny 2 right this second, what would they be? Ooh. Um, good question, Gmaster. Um, 60 frames on console if if there was a, a way to just magically make that happen that would be absolutely amazing to start i would play a console more <laughs> right yeah that would that would be really cool um maybe like old subclass trees you know like 
um, having a, oh, abilities yeah. and, and stuff be managed or, or kind of combined like what we used to have with subclass trees, that would definitely... And I mean, I guess we're kind of getting like... By the sounds of it, I mean, they're not subclass trees, but the artifacts that we're going to get later on this year sound like they add like a little bit more like RPG and ability sort of style customization into things. So that'll be pretty interesting. But otherwise, like, I would say armor visuals, I think, like, I really, I, I miss D1, like, armor, year three armor, like the pinnacle stuff from oh, back yeah. in year three. The ornaments that we got from, like, Crota gear. Yeah, and, dude. And, and, like, Bog gear and all that. Yeah. That's it. I, those are those are all great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I have not stopped saying this. It's like, for anyone who's heard me say this numerous times, I mean, I think a lot of people feel the same. Um, but yeah, I almost feel like I'm irritating people. But <laughs> man, like, yeah, the Critter Zen stuff, the trial stuff from back then as well. Like, yeah, the the, the cosmetic side of armor, I think, was was a another step above what we have in D2 on the most part, right? That's not to say that D2 armor is just horrible, like, in general. Because I don't think that's true, but um, yeah, I definitely miss the flair of that stuff, right? Like you saw a guy with completely decked out like trials, flawless ornaments, and all that stuff. Like it looks really cool, yeah. But it's it's kind of like having a title, right, or any other like pinnacle gear equipped. In fact, it's it's even you know it's it it says more than even just having like a a Luna's Howl or a Not Forgotten equipped, right? Like in a way, or it's it's much more it's much louder. Right when you see armor sets like that, I think so. I think on so many levels, like to to just look that cool, um, and have more kind of enemy themed gear, but then also to have that that pinnacle. Oh yeah, armor. like in the strikes. Yeah, that we had in D1. yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, and there's the and then there's the pinnacle element of it as well. So yeah, I just I think there's a the lot skeleton of keys. Oh, dude, they, they were cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those. I think we have a soft spot for those things. I think we do. D1. Yeah. Yeah. There is definitely an element just... of like nostalgia with it where it's like I'd love to oh, see this sure. thing again, right? Like this was so much better than it is now. And like to to an extent, I mean, we have very fond memories of those things, right? So it's like And I think that stuff's coming in Shadowkeep. I really do. I think they're gonna be they're gonna be like upgrading a lot of things. Yeah. But they're also gonna kneel on nostalgia as well. Definitely. No, we're gonna have enough new, but we're gonna have things from the past too that are going to uh, excite us. Absolutely, man. We're gonna go back to the moon, and Eris Morn is gonna make a return and share some new stories that we haven't heard before. Yeah, man. We're gonna learn what happened in between the time when we were last on the moon and now. So it's it's exciting. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I can't wait to go to the moon again. It's like another another place, just like. I can hear it right now, like you know, like the audio palette for the moon and like the old patrol it's beacons the, yeah. like pinging off in the distance, right? Like um, it's that familiarity I talk about all the time. Yeah, just connecting. We've awoken the hive, connecting the world, just connecting. You know, and that's I think it. that's where Bungie is taking the game. They're not saying, "Oh, we're just going to add the planet, and then you're not going to see it again." This is a planet. Yeah. This isn't just like. A little area. We're talking about a planet, Absolutely. so there's more places we can go on a planet. 
and everything. That's so it. if we bring the planet back, it's going to feel fresh because it's going to change over time. This is it, man. And I think certain locations as well, like one of the Bungie devs actually said this, and I hadn't really thought about it this way, but like another thing that's cool about the moon, right, is like, like Earth, it's it's tangible, but it's almost more tangible from like a visual perspective, right? Because we, we can actually see the moon in the sky. I think that's like a really cool thing about the moon as a location in Destiny 2. Like I remember yeah. like years ago, like when the dark below was actually a thing, you know, like you'd be out and you see like a perfectly clear moon. And it's just like there's this element where it's just like your imagination kind of goes wild. And I'm like, Proto's up there, dude, you know? <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I do like that element where it's uh, like, it's a real yeah. place. It's a place we can see right now. You know? Absolutely. There are two things that I really want in Destiny to come back. Heavy ammo sense, and I wish our vault was not destroyed. I wish there was a way to bring it back. That would be pretty awesome. Imagine if you can have weapons like the Grasp of Malak, and Fatebringer, and Vex Mythoclast. That would be pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, I think it would be amazing too. There is like... I think some of that stuff is coming back. I do. Yeah. I think this will be. Don't the, hold your breath. I think this will be the start of us seeing like more, more stuff come back, or maybe more substantial content come back, right? But I think as Bungie have said it, it's like they don't necessarily just want to say, "Hey, we're putting Cosmodrome in D two now," right? And that's that. Like they're not going to pour. They want to tell a story, over, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it, they want. And that's yeah. They're it. using the moon as the vessel to tell the story. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited to go back on the moon and to think that we're going to be able to play a raid in the Garden Spire. Right. In the Black Garden. Oh my Excuse god, me? I'm so excited for oh, that. Man, oh man, that's amazing. That very cool. And Bungie, they, they do such an amazing job when it comes to Endgame and just the game in general. I think that the content they put out, it's pretty remarkable what they're able to produce Definitely. as a team. We know there are 600 now, 600 people working at Bungie. They confirmed that at E3 this year. So it's, it's amazing what they're able to produce on such a consistent basis because, I mean, Destiny fans de- demand content pretty frequently. Yeah. This is you know, after about a week or two, we're like, all right, I'm bored. What's next? We <laughs> beat it. Yeah, I think like looking, you know, the past year or so of D2, um, it has been pretty remarkable in terms of the content sort of schedule, the amount of stuff they've delivered on. Um, yeah, it's it's been a lot of content, right? Yeah, especially for 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 us, we love all aspects of destiny like we, we love season of the drifter with um chasing after the dredgen title and all the weapons that we got with that and playing gambit and gambit prime and then now we get to play this new menagerie mode which we're going to talk a lot more about that in just a little bit but uh before we do dive into it we have another question from Actually, our good friend Bushman Bob from the Destiny Addicts podcast. Shout out to Bushman Bob. And Bushman Bob wants to know, what are the keys to your success and patience with Destiny? 
I note that you are constructive whenever you feel the need. You don't hold back. Does that ever come back to bite you? No fun intended. Um, cheers for the question, Bob. Um, that's a difficult one to answer. Uh, I feel like I've been pretty fortunate, really. Um, you know, in being able to cover destiny the way that I have, and um, and to try and tackle some of the more, you know, challenging stuff as well, and represent community concerns where possible. And on the most part, like I guess trying to be relatively in sync with the community, obviously, is is pretty huge. Um, like if you're gonna, you know, talk about um sensitive or more sensitive community issues, I guess. But um again in terms of like patience, I guess it's kind of managing expectation and trying to manage what I can reasonably achieve, you know, whether it's like content or doing stuff in the game and how all of that pieces together. And I think there's there are definitely some trade offs. One of them is a lot of uh grind and stuff, you know, to keep the channel moving and keep up with the game um yeah so i guess that's about the best answer i could really give you but yeah i appreciate the uh the kind words <laughs> that's a good answer actually you know because it's like too when you're grinding away and you don't have that weapon or you don't have that thing but you're like oh you know feel free to hit me up and if you get that let me try to, let me use it if i can so i can you know, give my analysis on it. Right. Yeah. I so. mean, stuff like that definitely, yeah, it makes a huge difference. Totally. Awesome. And we have another question from Dredgen Fitz. Thank you very much for your question. Is it difficult to keep content fresh during the quieter times in Destiny? And do you ever get a holiday? Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, it can be it can be kind of tough to keep you know keep things uh, fresh. Like I was saying about you know like the tail end of last season and stuff was definitely quieter than the seasons you know that we've seen before that um, when we had Forsaken and Black Armory. So it was one of the first times really that I tried to kind of embrace the fact that it was a little bit um, quieter, and I think that helps with you know kind of staying fresh as well, right? Like obviously putting out content is good, but pumping out content at an absolutely crazy rate and non-stop um yeah you need to get some perspective right um so yeah that was that was pretty cool in terms of getting a holiday man i, I don't think i've had like a block period of time away from destiny since destiny 2 came out really like you know like more than like five or six days but um yeah yeah, maybe maybe sometime later this summer, maybe possibly. It's probably not going to happen. <laughs> I know there's so much on the road, man. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. Um, you got yeah. the tribute hall, and you got the Lumina quest, and then you it, got man. the Solstice of Heroes, and you got eight, the triumph, the moments of triumph, and it's going to be <laughs> wild. Yeah. And and you know what else? Being a content creator in video games, it's even more difficult because you can't predict something that will happen in four or five days right in yeah a different type of channel where you have the liberty to teach a specific subject that doesn't really change you might have a liberty for a vacation but with destiny there's always something new to talk about and in, in gaming Definitely. yeah 
there's constantly new games coming out, new things happening, news breaking about different things. So it's it's always a grind, I feel like, for uh, the content creators who do video game related content like yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you're doing like entertainment or especially like news stuff, right, where it's like very current and yeah, it does get more difficult for sure. And there's always a lot of news in the summer too, isn't there? Like, whenever the weather's good, there's probably Destiny news as well going on. And yeah, game mm-hmm. games news in general, right? Yeah, especially the month of June. I mean, yeah. it's it's huge with E3 and all the big announcements that they come out with. Especially this year, it's a very special year in video games. I feel like because we have new consoles coming out next year and the technology is really moving forward and it's interesting to see how companies like Bungie adapt to these changes with their partnership with Google Stadia certainly and with cross uh, save being a thing now it's going to be really interesting to see where the game goes uh, in the fall so Houndish Besides Destiny, you can't say Destiny, but what is your favorite game of all time and why? Besides Destiny? Um, ooh, that is a very difficult one. I would say um, Red Dead Redemption. Rockstar games in general. I'm quite a big fan of Rockstar games going going back, especially when I was younger. That was kind of like, they, they were generally like the first games I really played, like proper console games. Um. You know, I'm talking like GTA 3 and Vice City and stuff like that on, on PS2. I love Vice City. Yeah, dude. Um, it's my favorite yeah. GTA is Vice City. Right? Yeah, man. So it oh, it's so hard to like pinpoint exactly. But, you know, that era of like Rockstar games in general, like there was just so much good content there, right? Like so much fun stuff. Like Grand Theft Auto. And then what they did with Red Dead, even like the Max Payne stuff. And then obviously it's evolved quite a lot now. And they've got GTA Online and Red Dead Online and all this other stuff. And I'm playing an awful lot of Destiny instead of <laughs> instead of um, those games <laughs> these days. But that was definitely, uh, yeah, that was definitely kind of where I started. Or, or where I really got into video games, right? Like, we all played games as kids. Yeah. Right? I think it was like the Rockstar games that kind of turned me into a video game fanatic, right? What is your What's your favorite part of those kind of games? Like, what do you like the most? You know, uh, the story. I mean, they're very story heavy. The Rockstar games. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, a combination of the story, um, and then the worlds as well, and just like the sandbox there. There's always be an open worlds that they are. Yeah, right? big open worlds. Loads of vehicles. You know, loads of explosions and stupidity. Like everything that happens in those games is just hilarious, right? Like um, always yeah. over the top, but somehow slight, like realistic enough, right? That it's like, yeah, yeah. It, I guess it. They are true to their name. They are true to their name. That's it, definitely. <laughs> and I guess you know, being a like a young teenager and teenager, like that that stupid explosive element <laughs> of Rockstar games, right? It was always pretty Throwing entertaining. Up. 
throwing a pool ball at somebody and watch them flip over a car and everything. It's always entertaining. Yeah, dude. Just, you know, like beating <laughs> someone to death with a bunch yeah. of flowers. Like, it's just absurd, right? <laughs> yeah, the things you couldn't like do the, in like real life. Just, the yeah. massive worlds that they have in, in, in games like Grand Theft Auto, I mean, it's it's incredible. Oh, yeah. Between the massive landscapes and the secrets, because like, Especially, I think GTA Five, they had like space aliens and stuff like that. So they they're doing really creative things with uh, games, and they're building massive, massive worlds. Yeah, this is it. That's another element of Rockstar Games. I think it's always kind of really shone, you know, in general. Yeah, definitely. Now, Houndish, what are you most excited about? Uh, that occurred at E3 this year. Man, we mentioned this before we started uh, started the podcast. That's kind of a tough one, but like, as I was saying before, um, well, I mean, I've seen like a little bit of Borderlands stuff for later this year, which does look really excellent, obviously. Um, and Four days before Shadowkeep. Rip oh. September. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> right, right. I, I mean, it'll be amazing, but it'll, yeah, it'll be, yeah. Uh, a bit crazy um but yeah also the new console stuff which i know is like kind of far out and it's we don't know a ton about uh exactly what we're gonna get like in the next couple of years in general but yeah i'm definitely really excited to see more um and yeah are you gonna be about that scarlet life when it happens i think so yeah i think so i can't wait for like hopefully you know serious kind of uh spec gaming like on consoles you have to be interesting um they said up to 120 yes yeah so. this is it so that sounds pretty cool man yeah. i'm curious to see how it all how it all pans out but then like you know like stadia and stuff like that there's there's so much happening in the space isn't there i think like x cloud too yeah Project x, or this is x cloud yeah. with that x cloud yeah. yeah man i think in like two or four years the landscape is gonna look like a whole lot different again right um from how it looks now yeah and and also let, let's not forget that amd is is releasing new processors that are supposed to be much more powerful than what we have in the market currently right. at very insanely low prices yeah uh in comparison to the power that we get today for the same processor right so it's really interesting to see what they will come up with and how Gaming will be pushed forward because of this extra power that computers will have between the new generation of consoles that are coming out next year and between what you can do with PCs. And I mean, I guess with PCs, it's not as drastic, right? Because a lot of PCs can handle gaming at above 60 right. frames. But it's going to be interesting to see how it becomes much more mass market. Yeah, this down is the road it. as we reach next year. Absolutely, and it'll be interesting as well, you know, if um, because I mean, ultimately, ultimately, I suppose it's going to mean that more people can, you know, play PC games on at a decent spec, right, for less money. And I guess if the console um market is changing a little bit at the same time, it'd be interesting to see how that kind of influences what they have to do, right? If PCs in or PC in general, it would be kind of more accessible. So 
yeah, like we said, I think things will just keep changing. But it's it only speeds up, right? Like things only seem to change faster and faster. So um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's hard to imagine. I think E three was. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think it's really difficult to imagine what things will actually look like in like ten years, right? From now. Yeah. Are we going to have flying cars? Like, is that going to happen? I think I mean, so. The Jetsons promised it by like 2020. So. I know, right? They <laughs> need to sort it out, man. Yeah. <laughs> will, will SRL come back to Destiny? Right? Yeah, there's our flying cars. <laughs> I think E3 was a little tame this year, actually. I watched a lot of the press conferences, and yeah. something was off. Something was definitely off. But I think a lot of it had to do with Sony just not being there, bowing out completely. Now we know why, because we're in a generation like gap here, basically. Yeah. Because the new generation is going to happen next year. We're going to get the new console generation. That's it. Everything next year. I think that affects a lot of like titles that are releasing this year, right? Like a lot of devs probably realign what they want to do with next year instead of this year, if they can, right? Um, right. Yeah, because you've got a lot of devs probably working on those PS5 games now and everything. I'm sure they have dev kits and they're working yeah. on them right now. Yeah, I would imagine so. so. It's, yeah. I, th- I think during one of the E3 uh, press briefings, um, one of the Bungie devs actually stated hinting at consoles being able to run Destiny in 100 plus frames. Wow. So it's going to be really interesting to see what we're going to get with gaming in general next year and going into the future i mean even with google stadia if you think about it the thought that you can play destiny on your tablet that's pretty cool that's it. that latency though though man that latency you know it's going to be there you know it's going to be there this is something i've wondered about ever since i heard of this right like it seems you know if you can experience latency running a game on your own console or pc or whatever it seems almost certain right <laughs> from the get-go that you would experience some kind of latency doing that yeah it'll be interesting i think, think stream is going to have its growing pains yeah because this is like the first real companies like introducing like the game streaming like actual like you know we're finally going all in with this but it's still in its infancy absolutely yeah this is a I think it's going to take some time before they really figure it out, but it's exciting to see where the future is going at the same time to see what the future is going to look like. And I think that in the end, I think cloud gaming is where we're going to go into the future. I mean, you could already see where people are buying less physical games and more digital games. Games are getting bigger, like they're ballooning in size. You're right. They're getting almost up to 200 gigabytes. Discs almost can't support that. Yeah. And storage anymore. Absolutely. Destiny 2 is like 93 gigabytes on PC. And that's why they said that they're like, they have to think twice about importing everything from Destiny 1 and everything and bring it into Destiny 2 with the upgraded engine and just how big that file size is going to be. Yeah, this is it. It's an awful lot of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Absolutely. 
So guys, before we dive into more Destiny content, we do have one more question for Houndish this evening as part of our discussion with the Guardians. And we kind of ask this question every week for each of our guests, but um, what is next for Houndish? What can we expect in the future from your channel and what you do? Oh man, that's a difficult one. Um, well, it's it's been like an intense year or so. Um, I guess really, you know, Destiny is changing a lot, right, over the next few months or year, and I think there's potential for a lot to change in the franchise in general, right? Like, as Bungie say, they're kind of going to mold the future of Destiny itself around what happens over the next year or so. So, I guess really, my plan for the moment is to keep moving with Destiny and see how it evolves. You know, since I'm connected to the game, it seems uh, reasonably safe to stay put for now. But in terms of, like, content, I'm definitely interested in, you know, covering a wider array of, like, gaming news and entertainment in general, potentially, at some point. But, um, yeah, I feel like that's a little a little way off. Um, I guess I'm, I'm pretty comfortable for the moment, right? Like, Destiny's pretty much home yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah, for the minute. I think it's it's what's working, right? Um, so yeah, I'll keep moving with it and thinking about how I could, uh, or different things I could do in the future, for sure. As we see kind of what the roadmap for Destiny will be, right? Because that is, to a degree, yeah. a mystery, right? Beyond, well, the next year, really. Yeah, they've been really transparent lately, which is really good. So yeah. we've been able to gather a lot of information about where the game is headed definitely yeah yeah it it's funny you say that because you know looking at bungie speak on all of these different platforms at e3 and everything that they've said they've been very upfront and honest about where the game is and where the game is headed yeah. and you know they essentially stated that hey we're not really working on destiny 3 that's not really something we're focused on we're focused on bringing you what is next and they're rebuilding the destiny franchise now that they're on their own and um, it's interesting to see all of these things kind of happen all at once because i mean there's these are a lot of changes yeah that bungie's going through and i believe them because i think activision wanted them to do destiny they wanted the one, two, three. They wanted them to put a game out every two years and everything. That was their initial thing. They wanted them to put out a new game every two years. Right. And everything. Yeah. So, but now that Destiny is game, Bungie's in control of their own destiny, you know, no pun intended, they can, you know, create the content that they see fit and is best for the game going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Well said. Now, before we talk about the future of Destiny 2, because we do have a segment on that next, but let's go back just a little bit and let's talk about the Season of Opulence. Oh, yeah. And I had one more question. Power impressions. Really quick. Um, Houndish. Houndish, are you going to Guardian Con this year? I probably am not going this year, which feels like an unfortunate thing. Um, just, well, <laughs> yeah, we're not going either. Pretty unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, next year we're gonna go though. Right. And I think next year we're I gonna think, go. I think yeah, I think that's probably gonna be the solid plan for me as well. 
um me and my girlfriend are trying to buy a house like later this year so it's like oh nice every yeah man like it's super exciting that's a big that's a big thing yeah (laughs) that's it it's one of those things where it's like everything that you do or you have to spend on especially as it gets more expensive which yeah guardian con is one of those things like you kind of feel it right so it's like yeah another year for crunch and behaving good for me and uh yeah, that's all. It yeah, ask corn. That's what I did last year. I that's that I spent like three, four months house searching, right, and everything. And then when you know, then had to get all the paperwork filled out, get the home inspection done, yeah. all the things that go with buying a house. Stuff, that's so. it. There's so many little things, right? So it's yeah, mm-hmm. I'm trying to be good. That makes sense. Save save the pennies for a few more months. <laughs> that's really awesome. Well, good luck to you on Cheers, that. Man. Yeah. Now. Uh, with your house, is there anything that you must have with your new house? Where if you look at a house and you walk in and this one thing is missing and then you're like, that's it, I'm out. Um, I guess, well, the two big things, I mean, th- there are definitely more things than this, but like the, the two big things, I mean, in the UK, I guess it's the same in the US, right? Because it's such a big like country and you have like big rural areas, right? So a huge thing is that I need good internet. I can't even think about moving anywhere that doesn't have like really good internet. <laughs> That's one thing. Um and an office. Yeah. Yo, moving up in the world. I'm uh <laughs> so yeah, I'd I preferably need like a, a proper um dedicated like space, right? To work in and stuff. That would be awesome. I mean I d- I do have that at the moment, but like not the optimal space, so yeah, that's something I yeah. can look to try and do when I move out, which is pretty cool. Hopefully. <laughs> Very cool. Well, good luck to you, sir. Cheers, and we hope that the next time we talk, you'll be in your awesome house. And uh, we wish you nothing but the best. Super appreciate it. Cheers. Yeah, absolutely. So, gentlemen, are we ready to talk about some season of opulence? Hell yeah. Let's get opulent. Let's get opulent. I like that. I like it. So, what have you guys been enjoying about the new season in Destiny? I like Menagerie. Like, that's a lot of fun. You know, just going in there, it's like, you know, you get different encounters and it's not always the same. And it takes coordination to actually complete that encounter the way, you, you know, without you know, just get going the time limit and not getting through it, you know, and everything. And it's just, and the rewards are great. Right. You could farm it. It's yeah, just, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I really like the way they've designed Menagerie, like the gameplay element, you know, the sort of randomization of the different encounters. And it's, it's like, um, I guess really it's like escalation protocol in a dungeon. I guess that's how I've kind yeah. of like thought about it. Um yeah, and then like the loot table for it and the the chalice like more importantly I think is like a really big step forward. Like that's a cool piece of like innovative design, isn't it, for for Destiny and the way that loot works in the game. Like, Intentional loot. There's more yeah, intentionality. Absolutely. That's it. And they've yeah. they've put some I mean, obviously, there are like new weapons and things that have come into the game, the armor as well. 
Um, but then they've put like other, you know, favorites like Erentel, Dustrock Clues. We've got like some of the really like, top tier weapons that you can specifically go after, right? So it's it's a very multi-purpose kind of piece of content, really, isn't it? Um, I I'd say it's like for me, I I think Menagerie is probably the premier like piece of content in the annual pass, in my opinion, because like, as you know, like one activity and one kind of like core piece of of a seasonal drop i think menagerie is like definitely the pinnacle i think it's their best co-op activity they've introduced in all of destiny 2 yeah yeah i think i would agree with you yeah i think it was the best take that they had at creating a horde mode it's fun it's the perfect balance it doesn't feel as tedious like for example prison of elders when you first played that or trying to beat skolas for the first time right but still you can get through the activity even with random individuals it's rewarding it's fun and i really love the concept of what they did with chalice of opulence because i think it's kind of their first step at bringing us a more MMORPG focused destiny. I think that's kind of their first step at bringing that to us. Right. Yeah, this is like a test. And, uh, this is like, you know, this is what they brought out and kind of to see how we would uh, respond to it and things like that. Definitely. Beyond the Menagerie, we also have the new Crown of Sorrow raid. Now, I know that Houndish has not completed the raid yet so we're gonna keep this spoiler free this week but uh maybe we'll talk <laughs> about the new raid next week in more depth yeah because i haven't even completed but, uh, it yet either oh really yeah. now now houndish have you entered the new raid or you haven't no, even seen anything i've just kind of like completely oh, wow. just detached from it this time i mean partly with like the launch um schedule of it and stuff i i generally yeah yeah i play a, a decent amount of raids normally um, so it's it's something I'm really looking forward to getting into, and I'm I'm a Titan main as well, and I have seen the Titan armor for the raid, and I think it's like on the subject of good looking armor, it's actually some of my favorite looking armor that they've brought in. So um, yeah, I'm, it looks awesome, yeah. right? Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to getting in getting into it, and I think that's why I've kind of like haven't sort of gone in when I've got like an hour or something, right? Like and. Yeah, let's get up to this encounter. I want, I, I really want to kind of sit in there for a couple of hours with my clan or whatever, um, and just just go get that clear at some some point. It's also not having that pressure too, just to go in and like be able to take in all the encounters and just feel them out for yourself and, and with your yeah. teammates. Yeah, definitely. That's always a really fun element. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the new raid. I think that uh, it's really fun what they did with the Leviathan raid. I think they they implemented some really interesting mechanics into the raid what? that made it actually very interesting and fun once you're not extremely underleveled. <laughs> because we did actually go in on day one and it was a little painful to say the least. It's a really fun, fun raid and I definitely think that it's well worth playing and the drops from the raid are pretty cool too so i think you'll really enjoy some of the weapons i think the armor looks really nice oh. and 
the the entire raid i think it's just well made it doesn't feel like a raid layer to me it feels like a full raid certainly not the longest but definitely not the shortest either right looking forward to checking it out so guys what do you think about the pursuits tab i think it's a little clunky <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah i would generally agree like um i mean i know they added like the uh the ability to filter it and stuff but i think it's um yeah it's just not as visually appealing or sort of identifiable as it was before it's hard it yeah like, it's hard to see stuff sometimes on there. yeah it's all like meshed together this is it like and it moves around yeah right? like you know, as as stuff goes yeah. in and out of there, like it moves around. Whereas before, like stuff kind of was like pinned in a position, right? Um, yeah, I, I feel like I, I it's something I never really paid that much attention to. Um, but yeah, I think having the text as well, like visual, like in the kind of like preview of it, um, as well, kind of adds to that noise, right? Because it's like you can see like yeah. three quarters of a title of this, and then a bunch of the description and then right next to it is another one starts right it's it doesn't feel as um as clean as before yeah i get why they did it yeah. they wanted to give us i guess some more space like yeah. there's like 63 slots i think you have right. a few more uh, places for to keep bounties and things like that in your pursuits but yeah it just it doesn't seem very user friendly right yeah it's very cluttered I feel like, and you have to go through an uncomfortable extra step in order to go to your pursuits where it's like, I always went to the opposite way to get my pursuits. Now I have to go through a different step and it's just more confusing and uh, it's like that band-aid. You just want to rip it off, you know? Because you're not used to it's it. It's not that big it's of a just, deal, but it's... Yeah, you want to yeah. hit that other button, and it's like, oh, crap, it's this button. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it'll grow on us, but, you know, I guess time will tell, right? Right. So have you guys checked out any of the pinnacle weapons in the new season of Opulence? Yeah. The Wendigo is a uh, quite a fun weapon. Well, that thing's actually surprisingly I, strong. Have you, you guys? I heard it? it's good. Yeah, I hear it's really deadly. Yeah. So you get like I thought those blinding grenades wouldn't be the greatest, but it sounds like they are. <laughs> right? But, yeah, yeah, they're pretty yeah. cool. I mean, the thing does like you know, pretty noticeable damage. I think you get like seventy odd percent like damage increase when the uh, when the perk is active on it so oh nice yeah, have you used it against ribbon yet no i haven't used it in a raid or anything yet um but i have seen some of the crazy stuff people have been doing with it and posting yeah mm. a lot of fun I, I would definitely say it's the, the standout pinnacle weapon for me personally gotta try that out against ribbon corn and see how that deep yeah deep i hear goes. i gotta get it what do you have to do to get uh when to go a lot of grenade launcher kills, I think, in strikes. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, a whole bunch of strike clears and grenades. So if you have mountaintop, you're good to go when we have mountaintop corn. So right. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we can we can do that. Okay. So yeah, we'll have to play for sure. And I still have to do the new uh quest line for the truth rocket launcher. Same. I still haven't gotten it. Ah, yeah. 
So that's going to be another thing to grind out uh, later today, hopefully. Nice, nice. That has three in the tube, from what I'm hearing, too. Yeah, it does. Everything. They did it. Oh, finally, a rocket launcher with more than one in the tube. <laughs> right. Awesome. I'm happy. I can't wait to get it. It feels so de-warming. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been wanting more of the D1 feeling in Destiny 2, and I'm really excited for them to start embracing D1 a little bit more and start to give us that assurance that, you know, things from the past will come back, as Luke Smith famously stated back in January. Uh, with not everything has been lost in the dark corners of time, is what I believe he said. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's really interesting. And now, we also have something new that took place. I want to say it was this past Tuesday in Destiny. There's a new DLC area in Destiny 2, correct? Right. Yeah. And I actually watched your video. Yeah. To I learn about it. Too. Now... I understand that you can maybe possibly acquire the bad juju. That is a possibility. Yeah. I mean, that the, the bad juju um, element is kind of speculation, really. Um, but it's based on, I guess, the fact that um, obviously we don't really know what this area is. And in terms of like... It's, that area is huge. It's it is huge big, too. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of it there. And um, because we don't know a lot That's about that. That's an aisle, right? Yeah, it is. So it's obviously it's pretty similar to like the Whisper mission, potentially. Um, yeah, you, you know what's funny? I've been seeing a lot of visual things on IO lately, like this big cloud of smoke, like going off. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. So I don't know yeah. if it has any relation or any correlation. That's very interesting. Yeah. Like where the Vex have maybe like been digging down and maybe reforming nexus mind because that area you showed in that video looked a lot like yeah it did look a lot like the nexus mind yeah um, it is strike. um i think someone posted it was on like raid secrets um like a bunch of like comparison images and it is essentially identical um to the that nexus was my mind favorite location, strike so yeah that was my favorite strike from d1 because i love the music like when you hit the boss the nexus that music oh my god right so good yeah, man. Yeah. That would be really exciting if they brought back the Nexus Strike. Oh, man. That would be pretty amazing. Yeah. And I feel like we have one or two more surprises coming between now and when Destiny 2 comes out with the new expansion called Shadow Keep. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, later this summer. But I'm expecting one or two more quest lines and secrets that they have before the big one now guys now that we've gotten a chance to play through the new content in destiny 2 with season of opulence are there any legendaries or exotics that stick out for you that you guys really enjoy using oh i love the beloved right now oh my god i love that sniper i have it d1 feels right. all over that sniper oh my god it's so good yeah, it is so very good. Cool, I, think. I really like, especially it. if you get one with no distractions on it, like oh, literally yeah. no flinch at all. It's is it is it really that good? I, it's so good. Nice. Oh, it's so good. You literally like you just like 
that sniper doesn't move. That's awesome, man. It's great. Yeah, I have to try and get one of those. Um, I I would love a good roll of uh, the Ostringer. Is that how you say it? Ostringer? I think that's how you, how you say it. The hang I think that's how you say it. Yeah, yeah like Asalona, the Eosalona. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that in itself is just enough to make me want a weapon, to be honest. <laughs> just the way it looks is really cool. Um, yeah, it's a pretty nice Absolutely. feeling hand cannon with good perks on on that. It's uh, it's pretty pretty solid from what I from what I can tell. So yeah, the grinder menagerie is real. <laughs> Funny thing about that, it actually only took me one run to get the beloved sniper rifle. Really? Oh, I'm I so mean, granted, I don't have salty. the best so perks on it. It has rampage and I want to say underdog. Right. So. I'm still trying to get a better yeah. roll, but um, yeah, I'm it's a really fun sniper. Uh, it looks really, really cool it too. Does, yeah, so. I'm still trying to get the god roll. Uh, True Vanguard's got a quick draw and snapshot one. Ooh, that is like, pretty dirty. <laughs> yeah, I, I want that roll. That's the one I want. What rune combination did he use? He didn't say in his video. Uh, rip the dream. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to bug him about it and find out because I'm I'm really curious to to know what he uh, used. Yeah, me too. So guys, now that the annual pass is just about coming to a close with the Forsaken annual pass, has this year of content been worth it for you? Did it live up to your expectations for what you? came in expecting with the annual pass and with this year with Forsaken. What do you think, Hondish? Um, yeah. I, I think on the whole we've done pretty well out of the annual pass. And I know like uh, there's been a lot of mixed feedback on it in general. Um you know, because we're used to I think like obviously Bungie were learning a lot, right? throughout this process so you, you can even see that early on when we had black armory and then by the time we got to season of the drifter they kind of tried to adjust the model and the way it was presented a little bit right it, it appeared less like a, a traditional dlc um so the expectation has definitely been pretty high but i think like black armory was a good offering you know at the time like the forge, forging the weapons and, and that was like a good innovation on the game and then we had like a season of content a raid i think that stuff was pretty good season of the drifter was i think a lot of people considered it to be a lot more hit and miss right um yeah if you didn't like seasons. gambit you didn't like season of the Drifter. that's it yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't necessarily yeah. the content was like lacking or or bad in comparison to other seasons it was i think it was just that niche right uh, the primary focus was around Gambit, and the other stuff they did was was pretty cool. Um, like the invitations, it was like a little invitation bit, of the nine. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of an innovation on how they'd um, done similar things in the past. I mean, and the lore, yeah, the lore that we got this year with the annual pass was really, really yeah, good. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, really it, good. you know what's you know what's interesting, and it, like Bungie dumped Activision during Black Armory too. So, you know, it's like. During the first annual pass drop. Right. Basically. Yeah, that's so, it. You know, it's 
that content was already all set in stone because Vicarious Visions did the uh, opulence. And this is my favorite one of all of all the three. Because I yeah. just having these kind of weapons back and everything and doing this activity, it's just brought so much freshness to the game. And everything. Absolutely, yeah. I totally agree. I yeah. think Vicarious Visions as well. See. Like um Quality Studio. Yeah. Such a quality 100%. studio. Like they've produced some of Destiny 2's best content, like hands down. Um, I mean, obviously, it's difficult for us to know the exact relationship and you know between them and Bungie and who's directing what, but um, yeah, no doubt they've produced some really solid content for the game. Yeah, I think they do a really phenomenal job over at Vicarious Visions and Bungie and what they're able to come up with. I mean, it's incredible really is between the new weapons that we were constantly getting and all the new content that we get to play it's it's pretty awesome like for me the annual pass was a lot of fun i enjoyed it yeah. i think that the first pass was a little bit weaker than the second and third one but for me i enjoyed all three i thought the forges were kind of fun i mean I got some of my favorite weapons from the uh, the Black Armory. Right. I got the, um, what's that pulse rifle? The Blast Furnace. Yeah. And then the Hammerhead. And to this day, these two weapons are kind of my go-to weapons in many situations. So I definitely got my money's worth right. with the annual pass. I mean, if you think about it, you're paying about $12, $13 for... A season of content and that's that's a lot you're getting quite a bit and if you the only thing that i would say is i kind of wish that maybe they added a strike or two yeah in between and a crucible match which or two. and a crucible match or two yeah couldn't hurt but other than that i think they really did an amazing job with this uh annual pass and not for nothing like if you buy that now it's like such a great deal 40 bucks and you get everything right from beginning of destiny to all the way through forsaken and the annual pass our buddy just bought it and like it's such a great deal that's it man i think if you're playing a lot of destiny right like the the value proposition for, for the content on the whole is pretty pretty high right there's so much content there yeah yeah absolutely and i, I think this is a perfect segue to talk about the future of destiny because bungie came out this week and they said that they want to make destiny a more inclusive game they want more people to experience destiny so that's why we're getting the new destiny a new light content that's going to essentially make everything up until forsaken free to play for all players so your friends no longer have the barrier that they had before to enter the game and play the game with you. And that's, that's exciting. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And if they want to play the new content, all they have to do is just pay thirty four ninety nine, and they're in, you know, it's like, they don't have to buy all that other stuff. Yeah, this is it. I think it lands on like a much, much more consumer friendly, um, kind of model, right? Like, that we're, go that we're moving towards with this. And obviously, there's, there's a big business element to Bungie as well, right? Um, I think they probably, 
we probably do need to expand the player base to a certain extent, right? So, like, having, you know, this, hopefully, like, a very large number of people to start playing the base version of Destiny 2, yeah, there's a number of levels where, like, this is a, a huge opportunity for them and is also probably the realistic thing to do, right, um, with where they're at currently. So, yeah, I, I think it's yeah. a really exciting time. Yeah, this is the thing that people would complain about the most, too. It's like, feel like Bungie's nickel and diming you and yeah. everything with, like, putting out these DLCs with, like, a set amount of content, like, each season and everything. And this is what people's, like, biggest criticism was. But now, with this new model going forward, this is brilliant and everything, you know? It's just get people in and playing, like, all the stuff from year one, all that content. Absolutely. And they're enjoying the game, and then... You know, they'll go up to 750 power and then they want to play with, you know, they want to play the newest stuff. You just pay thirty four ninety nine, and you're in playing the newest content and everything. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's very smart. And with cross save too, they're valuing your time and everything. Yeah. yeah. This is it. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you guys, but for me, this week, Bungie addressed every single thing that I wanted them to come out and say and do. Between introducing cross-save, between making Destiny 2 free-to-play with the base game, between making assurances to us as gamers that Crucible will be something that Bungie will focus on more with the next expansion. And even just giving us an expansion to begin with, because let's not forget, before these announcements happened, we thought we were getting an annual pass this fall. We did not expect a full. That's what the rumors expansion. were, yeah, yeah, and everything. But Bungie flipped that right on its head, and everything, and they basically said, like, "Look, Destiny, we're working on Destiny Two, like, and that's kind of like what we have to expect going forward." I don't expect Destiny Three for at least another two to three years at least yeah well i have some theories about destiny 3 just based on how the developers had commented on questions that were uh, given to them during e3 but i don't know about you guys but i don't think we're going to get a, a destiny 3 at least not for a really long time i don't think it's in development i don't think they even care to contemplate the thought of a d3 it's all going to be based on how the game performs between now and the next year or two yeah but i think that they're going to embrace the seasonal model and i think that's what we're going to see for the foreseeable future at least for the next couple of years because in creating a destiny 3 it's going to create some challenges that i think they're also trying to avoid yeah, definitely. Right. And it's 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 hard for them to produce a Destiny three and produce seasonal content at the same time. They want to get the player so base back first. I think that that's like one of their main things. They want people playing the game again and everything. They want them to tell their friends and everything. You know, they want people on board. Yeah. So you know, in the in in the, the game playing. Yeah, this is it. It's a big opportunity to test what that could look like, right? And I think um, 
the traditional model for destiny probably you know is um something that maybe would struggle more now or does struggle more now you know versus what it was when destiny originally released right so it's right yeah it's all part of that shift um yeah and i think i think generally it, it is definitely the case that it's kind of a testing ground and they need to know that you know um i mean if they were to make a d3 now with the pc as well and they've lost you know one of the or the core developer for that version of the game right so it's like the challenge to produce a destiny 3 is um is definitely no joke and i think that's part of the equation as well right it's um it would be a big yeah it would be a big risk if it, if it didn't go well uh, it's a lot of eggs in that basket right and i like what they're doing at, and not even like they're doing it the right way they're not casual the game like yeah they're bringing being it more inclusive. They're they're gonna make it more inclusive without the casual buying. They're gonna, yeah. you know, let, keep the veterans and the hardcore players in mind and everything. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, and actually about uh, Destiny Three, Luke Smith s- said something very interesting during an interview segment at E Three, and he stated that I don't really know, like. Right now, we're just really focused on making all of these changes to Destiny 2. We're going to learn from it and then kind of go from there. When he was asked, is there going to be a D3? So it it doesn't sound like it's on the horizon or something that they're planning for anytime soon. Yeah. Um, And another really interesting statement that one of the developers made during E3 was that Destiny is the lifeblood of Bungie, and most of its 600 staff members are working on Destiny 2. So that's a very telling tale that, one, gotta remember, when Bungie started out, didn't they have something like 800 people working for them? I'm not sure exactly. I mean, I thought I heard that number thrown around. I I thought I heard 700 thrown around, but there has some people that has left Bungie. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, that's quite a few people leaving. And I mean, I'm sure some people were were let go after this whole Bungie and Activision split happened because they can't they can't afford to have as many people on if they're not getting the funding from places like Activision. And right now, Bungie seems like they are on their own. I mean, I, they do have that uh, agreement with uh, NetEase, but I'm not sure if they're even working together in any capacity on Destiny and on the Destiny franchise. I thought it was for a different game. It was supposed to be for like Project Matter, called Matter. Yeah. Or something like that. And from what I'm understanding, I think it might be uh, mobile. Oh, rip. Okay. But I'm not completely sure. Don't quote me on that. This is the rumor. For sure. That's really interesting. Yeah. Now, what are you guys most excited about with uh, Destiny 2 this fall with uh, the Shadow Keep expansion? I think the MMO, like RPG aspects, just bringing the stats back to the game. Like, that's what I'm most excited about, I think. You know? That's what I feel like Destiny's been missing since, like, not only D1, you know, it being 
having more RPG elements, I thought, than Destiny 2. But now they're going to evolve that. Right. It, it's just really exciting to me. Yeah, I would to be able to have builds and things like that. Be able to have um, certain mid, be able to mid max, and you know the idea of transmog too, from the sounds of it. Yeah. Yeah. Too. yeah this is it. We're getting finishing moves, guys. Oh wow! Yeah, they they are pretty interesting. I'm curious to see kind of like what their combat utility will be. Right? Like exactly. Like obviously they're gonna be yeah. fun. Like it's fun to, you know, drop kick this dude and punch an ogre halfway <laughs> across the map, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so yeah, definitely interesting to see how that kind of like fits into that more RPG heavy destiny that they're talking about, right? Like, didn't they preview some of the style of perks that they're looking at for like the artifacts and stuff in one of the yeah interviews today way way more involved and you know customizable and i yeah. hope they do that with the subclasses too i hope they really take a look at those too right and i hope they give us more options in our subclasses yeah definitely but yeah i, I like yeah. The, oh, absolutely. the armor thing as well um where they're kind of just separating like perks from the armor right so they're going to drop like they will drop basically like mm -hmm. nuts. Um, yeah, and then we can just completely slot what we And you could slot them in and everything. Yeah, man. Like, it's going to be so much more fun um, for, like, you know, grinding those, like, perfect god roll sets. And that's another reason it's just, like, adds even more weight to having those, like, armor visual improvements, right? Or more stuff like what we had in Age of Triumph. Um, so I think if you get yeah. the right combination of that stuff um the pinnacle destiny you know um you won't be everybody like looking the same going around looking the same yeah everybody this will is have it. their own like you know individuality with their gear and things like yeah that. totally i guess it's just leaning more towards looking awesome feeling strong having that individuality right and also being able to display the things that we've kind of achieved in the game and i think like in terms of end game for a lot of players, like the pinnacle content is huge, right? And it's it is an extension of that, really. So, yeah, yeah, man. yeah. It's going to be really interesting, and I'm I'm excited for our armor to be deeper than just having intellect, discipline, and mobility, which means hardly anything in the yeah. game. So it's going to be really exciting to see what they do with their new. MMO RPG style that they are embracing with this new content and uh, is that what you're most excited almost, for? Uh, yeah, I would say. I mean, not only clean that, sweep, but then <laughs> being able to being able to go back to the moon. Like, I love the moon. Yeah, the moon is one of my favorite places, and Aerosmore. for me, being able to go back, back to a place that's kind of familiar but new at the same time. Like, they even went out and said, this destination will be double the size of what we had in Destiny 1. And it's going to be really interesting to learn where Eris Morn was this whole time, what happened, and how that all ties into the future of Destiny, because it will tie in very closely into the content that we'll be getting after this fall. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm very excited. I'm really excited about the raid. 
I'm really excited to see what exotics return from Destiny 1, maybe. Maybe we might see Gallarhorn, hopefully. Just speculation, but kind of uh, something I would really love to see in the game. So Just being in that so space again. Be excited for. Being in that yeah. space again. Being able to explore that fortress, too. At the high of the... Or yeah, the and, and the Black Garden. We get to play the new raid. Like, oh my God. There's so many awesome yeah. things that I'm so excited for. And here, take my money, Bungie. Like, I'm please. I'm excited I wait. for Widow's Court to come back, too, and everything. Yeah, yeah that'll be cool. That. Yeah, it's, it's also going to be really interesting to see what they do with Crucible Labs. Crucible, because they're yeah. going to bring them back, and they're going to bring back new game modes, new game types. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do. And I'm curious to see when they bring back Trials because people want Trials back in the game. So I'm wondering, is it going to come maybe sometime mid-season after the Fall expansion's out? Or maybe we might have to wait a whole new season? What do you guys think? Do you guys think we'll get Trials anytime in the next, I don't know, six months? Hmm. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. They didn't sound too optimistic about it <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's trials take, itself i think it's yeah. going to take a little while um i mean it's we don't know exactly what their plan is right that's kind of the interesting thing they've said they want they want to kind of like look at some of the fundamentals of pvp look at playlists uh game types add more to crucible labs right um but it's yeah. It's hard to to really get get a sense of how that that does fundamentally improve or grow the crucible, right? As it stands, um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's such a kind of mystery question at this point, isn't it? I guess. I think they're just looking at the certain pain points that they yeah. were getting from Destiny Two's uh, trials and trying to address those, you know, internally and everything. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll see things in Crucible Labs that might like resemble like a form of trials, just to get feedback on what people think about it. Yeah, that would definitely be cool. Yeah. Now, Bungie went out and said something very interesting this week during E3, and they stated that they're going to put more focus on creativity and less over making business decisions and profit. Do you guys think this is a good thing for the Destiny franchise? Do you think this is a smart move on their part to not put so much focus on the financials and the money aspect of it and focus more on making a better Destiny? 100%. 100% you know having the creativity and you know to know that there are things in the game that you want to improve on and also listening to your players and everything like that I think is the way forward in this day and age you know, especially having a live service game like they were kind of the first of their kind basically mm. you know the first kind of like first person shooter live service MMO RPG shared world shooter you know, so yeah, uh, I I think it's the right. I think it is the right move, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I guess it's you know some of it's kind of like policy changes, right, between 
what Activision would have wanted to happen and what Bungie would be willing to do, right? Like, and as they look at like the landscape now, they probably see quite a different environment, don't they? Um, in terms of like, yeah, what they have, you know, the things that they're kind of like being held accountable for and yeah, those kind of core objectives of the franchise. Um, you know, if they can look yeah, at more D1 stuff or stuff that they've done before, right? And then uh, use it to grow. Maybe that that didn't suit Activision's vision for Destiny, you know? Yeah, like they were more focused on the profit and the business and just all, you know, the dollar signs and everything. And whereas, yeah. you know, you could have feel like some of the creativity was being like choked possibly due to, you know, Activision's unfortunately greedy practices. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, it's a loaded question, kind of like, you know, there, mm. there's, there's, there's the positives and negatives sides to it. You know, Bungie not having a publisher now that, you know, they have to do it themselves, but knowing what their vision is, you know, all having a vision going forward to uh, spawn this creativity and everything. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, definitely. And and you know, I think that Bungie made some very important decisions this week with making Destiny Two free to play, with changing their business model and how they approach a lot of the decisions that they make as a company. Like they went out and said, "We're not going to create any more exclusive content for any one platform." They learned from those lessons. Yes, they may have made some money in the short term, but in the long term, they lost a lot of goodwill in the process from their player base. So now they're starting to build that relationship back. They're starting to show that they care more about the players, and I think that's what they really meant with not focusing so much on the business and profit side of yeah. things. I think that at the end of the day, it's still a business. They have to make money. They have to support the 600 people that work at Bungie to create Destiny. They have to keep the lights on. So I don't see them completely ignoring the financials. And I think it would be kind of foolish for them to do that. I think that they have to make money. So I want them to not only offer free things in the game, I want them to create content that allows me to support them financially. Yeah, that's why they have the direct purchase what they're things doing. in Eververse and everything now that are you yeah. get through direct purchase. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing. I don't want to rely on my supporting the game to be on direct purchases because I'd rather support them by buying content, buying that big C word. I want more stuff to play in the game, not so much I meant where cosmetic I'm going to go buy skins. You know, like, Sure. No, absolutely. You have the option, that's another way. You know exactly what you're getting. That's what I'm trying to, yeah. you know, intact. Yeah. They're, they're eliminating more and more of the loot box model where it's becoming, you know, even banned in some countries. Like here in the state of New York, there is legislation that's about to be passed in order to ban loot boxes altogether. And I understand where they're coming from. I don't think we should have an economic model where somebody can spend $500 and not get what they want yeah. in the game. That's gambling. That's a malicious way for a company to try to get more money out of the players. And I, I think that we're starting to 
have less tolerance for those kind of monetization practices and to support more of the direct purchase model that we're seeing more and more in games. Sure. So it's it's definitely going to be really interesting to see how they come up with monetization strategies into the future. And already we're starting to kind of see what we're going to get in the future because we know that the normal edition of Shadowkeep will be $35, correct me if I'm wrong. Yep, $34.99. Now, if you purchase that with this, with three additional season passes, then you're paying an additional $25. It's not bad. Which means, which means that you're paying roughly $8 per season pass if you buy it together. So that would really mean that we're getting about a $10 season after the expansion comes out with Shadowkeep. Right. Yeah, because you got the included season with Shadowkeep, you know, that first season. Yeah. And then you're getting plus three. So it's 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 going to be interesting. They're going to continue to make money, but I think they're going to be making a little bit less, but I think they also have to share less of that money with somebody else, like with Activision. Yeah. So I think that's another factor that we need to be considerate about is that more money is, is going to support Bungie directly than what has in the past. Right. I think it's... As, as Having a cheaper the, entry point. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think another interesting element of it as well is like let's remember with like new light, Eververse and things like that are oh, almost yeah. certainly gonna still be there, right? So it's partly it's that's that's part of the platform change, isn't it? It's kinda of when you think of like YouTube as a platform or Google as a platform, they're platforms that exist in themselves to sell things, right? And I think to a certain extent, like the free to play model kind of leans into that, right? Because New Light is becoming yeah. a platform where you've now got a, a whole bunch of people who are way more likely to purchase your content than they were before because now they actually play Destiny, right? They're like just like one step away from that content, right? It's just one step up and you're in. So, yeah. They're like, oh, I don't have to grind. I yeah. can just come in and play this and then just do what I want at this point and then I will get, you know, to this the power level that I can be to do the new stuff and everything. Yeah. yeah. Smaller, easier purchases, right? Like easier decision making for a consumer. I I think that's all part of this yeah. this this model as well, right? So the, there is definite business here, right? And I think there is an opportunity for them to do really, really well out of it as well. Um yeah. yeah, that's where a lot of games are. They want those Fortnite numbers. Yeah, you know? totally. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, it almost makes you wonder how is monetization going to change with a new free-to-play model? Are we going to see more of the Eververse being included in the game now that the original Destiny game is going free-to-play? Are we going to have maybe loot boxes being more prevalent in the game? No, I it's don't think... It's going to be really interesting to see how they approach that. I don't think they're going to do loot boxes. I think, like, with the whole legislation, the way that's going, I think they're staying away from loot boxes. It's going to be more about direct purchase. No, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah I think that's what we'll see. This this kind of current Eververse 
model that they have right now is probably how they'll go into new light right on year three and pretty nice ui and everything too nice and clean yeah yeah this is it absolutely and guys now that we've pretty much talked about the future of destiny in quite a bit of length how about we talk about the weekly update that happened twabby twab twab sure the twab. the twab. Is it the twab or the twab? Hmm. Do you guys call it the twab or the twab, Houndish? Twab. I say twab. The yeah. twab. Yeah, man. I don't, I don't really know how I should say it. How do you approach I call it the Bungie Weekly Update. <laughs> right? Exactly. That's that's me. The Bungie Weekly Update. For it's all, always going to be the Bungie the 20, Weekly Update for me. Yes. <laughs> yep. So we got quite a bit of information this week. We know that the Menagerie is live with uh, week two. We have a new boss that was introduced into the Menagerie. Have you guys uh, beat this new boss? Yeah, man. Gave him a go. Yeah, one. I've been in there once. It was uh, pretty, you know, Only one. pretty cool. Okay. Well, yeah. How How is it compared to last week? Because I did not get a chance to play yet this week. It feels relatively basic, doesn't it? Like this week, in terms, I, I don't. Yeah. In terms of diff, I, I feel like it's almost easier than last week's. Although we've got like more power and stuff now, right? So that's probably a big component yeah. in that. But um, but yeah, different. Definitely, definitely fun. I think last week's boss was more, um, I guess, original. It was fun with yeah. the, him shooting those blocks out at you. And you have to try to avoid them and everything. Right. That was kind of cool. And you had to take a shield down, like from taking out that harpy and, you know, standing in that pool and everything. Yeah, definitely. We also got a new quest line for a rocket launcher that came back into the game called Truth. Oh, yeah. That's, That's really interesting, too, that we got. A continuous flow of new content. We got a new quest line this week. Have you guys? Uh, well, I know Shadow Price has not done it. He's actually been waiting for me to get on the game so we can do it together. Right. So thank you for that, Shadow <laughs> Price. Uh, but Houndish, did you get a chance to complete the quest line for the did. rocket launcher? Yeah, pretty fun quest actually. Um, I didn't mind it. Um, I mean, some people are kind of like hit and miss on the grind with stuff like that, you know, kind of like repetitive grinding and things like that. But no, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, basically, like a bunch of chests that you have to go and hunt down and find like fragments for a map kind of thing. And then you have to decode them by doing other objectives, which is pretty, yeah, it's pretty neat. Although there was a bit of a, or is a bit of a glitch with that. I don't know if you guys have seen where you can like, some of the secret components you're supposed to find can actually be purchased from Petra from her abandoned quest tab. Um, oh. Yeah, you're supposed to like find them out in the wild, and you can actually just go pick them up from her, which is kind of cheeky. So, um, so I think a lot <laughs> of people have have done the truth quest in the unintended way. Um, but yeah, still, still pretty yeah. fun experience on the whole. Yeah, and the launcher is pretty good as it's well. The weapon. Yeah, I was about to say, is the weapon worth it? Does um, it feel like year one truth? 
on D1. Yeah, I think it mostly does. I haven't spent like a ton of time with it, um, but it's pretty good in PvP. Um, it's a lot of fun there. Obviously, I think it's always kind of leaned towards PvP, hasn't it? Like, it's always been a PvP. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, that's the easy button. You literally just yeah aim, shoot, and it's like gonna find that target. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. So it's literally yeah. like easy mode. You fire the rocket, you get a kill, pretty much. Um, and it's the first rocket launcher to have grenades and horseshoes, like yeah, you know, on on the rocket again. That's it. Yeah. So. so yeah, it's pretty cool on the most part. Um, I think it's one of those like some people were kind of like me, not super excited, which I can kind of understand. Like if truth is a weapon, you know, you're not like you don't never really cared for. Um, or maybe if you were more of a PVE player, right? Because Truth isn't necessarily yeah. like a PVE god. Not like a Galahorn or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah. But no, I think that was the first fun. rocket launcher I got from D1. I, I didn't, get, I got six Truths before I got Galahorn. So. Right? Oh, wow. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, this week we also learned that um, Iron Banner is coming back and. Uh, with a twist, it's going to be a little bit different than how we remember it before, because we're actually getting a quest line that will be a little bit different in how we acquire the armor in Season of the Opulence. And Bungie states that with each armor piece, they will be granted upon completing the associated quest step, each armor piece will be granted as a powerful reward. Also, after unlocking an armor piece, it may be reacquired with random rolls in Iron Banner through reputation packages and match rewards. And finally, if you are a veteran player who earned Iron Banner ornaments in the past, this season's armor is compatible with all Year 1 Iron Banner ornaments. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now the Iron Banner packages have also been updated and Iron Banner armor may now roll with enhanced perks. Oh, wow. That is, That's awesome. That's definitely a positive, right? <laughs> That's a People big People will actually wear those now, right? The only way you were able to acquire enhanced perks before was in the Dreaming City or the or Last the raid. Wish Raid, Yeah, right? Or an exotic. So it's... Oh, okay, exotics also. I didn't know that. So that's a really interesting change, actually. Wow. And also new weapons have been added to Iron Banner packages and have a higher chance to drop on the first package you redeem. That's, yeah, I like these changes. Yeah, I think they sound pretty good. I love the idea of the quest yeah. steps to get the armor pieces as well. It's kind of cool. So I think it's kind of yeah. like one long quest, but like on every objective or whatever, you get like a different piece drop. It's kind of what it looks like. That's uh, definitely a different approach, I guess. Yeah, and then there's another thing they mentioned in the weekly update where new Iron Banner shaders an emblem and a sparrow may be earned through objectives that must be completed during Season of Opulence. So 
that's kind of interesting too because they didn't specifically say you have to play Iron Banner, but you would imagine you do, right? Through objectives. I guess so, yeah. so it almost makes me wonder, are they incorporating Iron Banner into just the story of the game where it's not just something that you acquire by doing, you know, uh, control in the Crucible playlist? That would be pretty interesting. Cool. Maybe. It's possible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they did start, like, what was it? Like, the Wolf's Favor or something? Like, one of the items from last season that, like, dropped in strikes, right? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. So maybe they're gonna do, yeah, merge, like, more of the objectives or content somehow over time. Maybe? That's that's really interesting. And then finally, Bungie does state that Iron Banner bounties no longer unlock direct purchase for Iron Banner gear since it will now be acquired through the quest. And it almost makes me wonder, what will this quest have? Will it be PvP only? Will it have aspects of PvE in this quest line? It's really interesting to see what Maybe they will come up with. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Do you guys imagine us maybe getting like a story mission to to introduce the quest, or do you think it will be just something we go to Lord Chax, we pick it up, and then we're on to playing different crucible activities and doing different things like that? Story mission would be cool. Um, mission would be very. It's neat. possible. Yeah. There's Rise of Iron neat. vibes. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah. And we know that Iron Banner is coming back along with Increased Valor, and it's going to be starting on June 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it will be going on until June 25th at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time accordingly. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. And the armor looks Kind of cool. It reminds me of Destiny 1 armor, honestly. I believe, is that the year one D2 Iron Banner gear, right? More or less. I think it is. Bay, yeah. like it's shinier. Like, I feel like it's got... It definitely look shinier. at those big wolves on the Titan shoulders. Those weren't there before, were they? Uh, I, Yeah, those were, actually. I can... Oh, they were? Okay. I remember I just, those specifically because I was like, super happy to have like big Wolves on my shoulder, shoulders, right? Houndish needs needs those. Oh, big yeah, I was, <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> I was thinking that exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, looks like a rocket launcher and a shotgun too, from the looks of the weapon loot. Yeah, um, not sure if they're what they are called or anything like that, but it's cool to get a new. I mean, it looks like it, it's kind. Yeah, if people want to call it a reskin, I guess you could, but. You know, it's it's you know, it's something different than what we had, I guess. Yeah, and a pretty cool. The emblem, emblem looks cool too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The emblem looks really cool too. I was yeah. thinking about that. Yeah, oh, that's, neat. that's right up your alley, Houndish. I know, it's, man. That's perfect for you. I think we'll have to go <laughs> after that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course. Come on, why not? Right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. You're already playing the game. Might as well. That's it. 
And in addition to Iron Banner, we actually learned some new information about the raid. And the statistics came out for how many Guardians actually completed the raid both in the first 24 hours and how many completed the raid in the first 7 days. And the final number is 535 Guardians have beat the raid in the first 24 hours. 45,000... 475 Guardians have completed the raid during week one. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to complete the week one. Oh, yeah. So um, I will be getting my raid jacket. And speaking of raid jacket, if you haven't already done so and you have completed the raid, you have until June 18th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to uh, acquire your code and purchase your jacket if you are interested. That's only 89 teams that beat it day one. Yeah. Wow. Favorite teams of six. Shadow Price, you're so smart. <laughs> so how about the first week? How many teams have completed it in the first week? Uh, if it's teams of six again... 7,579. Wow. That's pretty impressive. That's interesting. Yeah. It's yeah, it a lot of raid jackets. Yeah. Yeah, for well, 7,500 people can buy raid, raid jackets. jackets. A relatively minute number in, like, in yeah. comparison to the Destiny player base, but... I'll tell you what, I'm going to be going off of that Shadowkeep one because I bet you that one is going to be amazing with yeah. it being the Black Garden as the backdrop. Ooh, that would be that cool. one yeah. I will be going after. Although I do yeah. like the gold, like, or the like, yellow and gold kind of. Yeah, that's cool. The new one. I got the Scourge one. Well, I don't have the Scourge one, but I should have the Scourge one sometime soon. Oh, okay. You nice. still didn't get it? No, I don't, I don't have it yet, dude. <laughs> It takes ages. Oh, wow. like, I think it takes a long time for the Bungie stuff anyway, but over here in the UK, it takes a really long time. <laughs> it feels like. Yeah. Wow, I would think you would all you would have had it by now. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I think they said like late June or July to ship them now, something like that. Interesting. So that's got to be how many months now? Wow, when was that? Scourge came out in January, right? Uh, it's been five, six months almost. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, dude. That's, That's a while. Yeah, Scourge came out in December, so yeah, it's been... That is a while. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like seven, eight months. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. It's it's crazy when you actually think back and it's like, wow, it's it's been a minute. Yeah. We've been playing a lot of Destiny. Oh, for real. Time is flying as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and um, in addition to all of this, we actually got some news that came out today with a Fall 2019 Frequently Asked Questions section, and this uh, new um, section actually addressed quite a few things in the game that were kind of a question mark in the past. For example, we weren't quite sure, you know, if you play the game on one platform, can you access all of your weapons that you acquired on a different platform, even if you don't own the expansion on whatever platform that you're going to be playing on? 
And it sounds like, it seems like rather that we're going to get access to all of the weapons and all of the items, but you're just going to get locked out of the activity. Yeah. That's kind of how it looks, isn't it? Doesn't it say like independent of any licenses or something? Like yeah, that that's why they got rid of the exclusive. Like, no more exclusives. Yeah. That's it. That's pretty cool. They asked about... Um, will Destiny 2 New Light be its own separate file or game? Bungie stated no. All Destiny 2 players will automatically be converted to New Light and will maintain all of their prior purchases and entitlements. That's good to hear. Definitely. Um, that they're doing that because I wouldn't want to lose anything that I acquired in the game. And I don't think for us, we're going to have to worry about that transition. I think it's just going to be a smooth transition where some players can access the free content. Others are going to be locked out because you don't have the DLCs. Yeah. Now, the other question they had was, what Forsaken and Forsaken Annual Pass content will be included in New Light? And they answered free roam on all destinations, strike playlists, crucible playlists, gambit and gambit prime playlist. And this one was kind of interesting because they stated select annual pass content will be available to all players. So makes you wonder what will be included. Will they include maybe the the uh, forges as part of that content? I'm guessing the allegiance quest wouldn't be in there because I think they said they retired that for new people. Or if you were trying to go in there and do it, like if you were just purchasing. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So that's that could fall under the select annual pass content. Yeah. Well, and also Gambit Prime would definitely fall under the annual pass content too, because Gambit Prime has not been available to all players. I think you need to have uh, the annual yeah. pass in order to access that. Yeah, it sounds like going forward that, um, well, they said Gambit. Okay, that's if you have the annual pass. Forsaken. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Then another question they had was, what Forsaken and Forsaken annual pass content will not be included in New Light? And they answered, uh, Forsaken campaign, year two raids and dungeons, and exotic quests. Right. Which makes sense it it makes sense for them to do that yeah yeah although forsaken campaign and not so much because i I guess it makes sense but you know now they also talked about uh cross save as well and they talked about steam going to pc google stadia and uh, we will have a link to all of this in the show notes so you can um, read the entirety of the new Frequently Asked section. And uh, in addition, they will be also updating it as the summer progresses. So we will be learning new things with um, the future of Destiny this fall and all of the different ways that will transition from Battle.net to um, Steam and things like that. So we do encourage you to check that out, and we will include that 
in the show notes for this episode. And um, yeah, that was pretty much the weekly update this week. Right. I don't know if we really had too much more that we missed. Yeah, I think that's most now, of it, right? I guess they've uh, they've yeah. gone off the back of a pretty busy couple of weeks, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, we have a tradition on the podcast where we rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls. Mm. And in traditional form, I got to ask, what would you guys rate this week's Bungie Weekly Update? Or this week at Bungie. This out of ten? Like, do we have It is between one and five. One, one spicy five. tuna rolls being that you probably want to avoid that spicy tuna because it's probably gonna make you sick. <laughs> and five being the most bomb spicy tuna roll you've ever had. I would say maybe four. Maybe four. It's not like the juiciest thing, right? It's not like, hey, new exotic quest here that we're revealing this exotic or some some other crazy unheard of thing. But but it's good info, right? It's it's the info we need. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and it's funny that you went, uh, landed on four because that's where I'm going to be landing. Right at four because uh, we got that FAQ that they talked about last yeah. week that they were putting together. And the information about Iron Banner and, you know, just, you know, information that, you know, we needed that they were going to they provided for us. So I think it's all good information. So I don't think any of it's really bad information. So, yeah, for, for me too. Yeah, you know, I'm going to have to agree with you guys on that. So I think we're going to have a pretty unified uh a feeling on this week weekly update. I think they in- included some really good information in terms of giving us the assurance that okay, you know, if we get certain guns on one platform, we can move them forward and play them on a different platform even if we don't have all the expansions. I love what they're doing with making Bungie a more transparent studio and being more open with how they're building the game and i really love that iron banner is changing and we're getting enhanced perks now holy crap that's a big deal and uh that will definitely encourage me to play iron banner and uh so far it's been a really exciting week um nothing major this week in terms of news but at the same time i don't really know what could have topped what they already announced So for an, for a weekly update that came out right after the big announcement, I think this was perfect. They clarified uh, a lot of things, and I really like what they are doing with Iron Banner, and I can't wait to play next week. And also the Menagerie. It's, it's an exciting time to be a Destiny fan. Absolutely. And Houndish, I know that uh, it's getting pretty late where you're at, it isn't is, it? It is quite late. It's like a three, three yeah. a.m. or early, however you look at it. Early. Oh, don't say that. You're reminding me of. Oh man. Early morning work on Friday. <laughs> that I oh, will inevitably. No. Oh rip. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Houndish, thank you so much for being on with us today. We really appreciate your time and everything you do in our community. We had such a blast hanging out with you and talking Destiny tonight. Oh, thank you guys so much and, for having uh, me, man. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's been a blast. Yeah, it's been awesome absolutely. just talking to you, chatting with you about, you know, Destiny and, you know, how you make content as a YouTube creator and everything and it's just uh, it's been really cool it's been awesome yeah thanks a lot guys yeah i think we've got a lot to look forward to as well like as a community as well over the next few months so yeah it's uh definitely exciting times absolutely and Houndish, before we let you go where can we learn more about you well you can find me on youtube by searching houndish that's probably the best bet it's it's spelt pretty much how it sounds right i think um <laughs> yeah but yeah probably just search on youtube or you can find me on twitter at xhoundishx yeah you need all the x's or ju or just search it you'll you'll probably find me but th those will be the uh, the top places <laughs> very cool and we will make sure to include all of the information on where to find houndish in the show notes of this episode thank you guys and you can find that at destinyshow.com for all of the latest show notes and episodes that we do and shadow price where can we learn more about you you can follow me on twitter at shadowprice 79 and when i stream destiny i stream on twitch at twitch.tv slash i am shadow very cool. And you can find me at OMG Cornholio on the Twitter. And I do also have a Twitch channel at I am Cornholio that I am slowly starting to do a little bit more of. And also you can find the Destiny Show podcast on all of your favorite podcasting apps. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean and a bunch of other platforms where you listen to podcasts. And we will be live on Twitch in just a few short weeks with episode 25. So that's coming this July. And we'll share much more about that as we get closer to July. And uh, what else do we have? Uh, next week on the show, we welcome CJ Gibson from IGN's Fireteam Chat. So you guys won't want to miss this episode next week. And we had a really, really awesome episode. So thank you guys so much for being on Houndish. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much for your out. time and for everything that you do for our community. Yeah, you guys too. We really appreciate you, you so much. You guys too, man. Thanks a bunch. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Houndish. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the destiny show podcast and we can't wait to see you guys all in the menagerie and the crown of sorrow raid and out there playing destiny and uh we'll see you all next week and thank you for tuning in for another episode of the destiny show podcast
You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey there, my name's Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of The DL, Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.